This is the Financial Tech Podcast, show number three for March 1st, 2011. Welcome again to the Financial Tech Podcast. I am again here with uh, my sidekick, Andrew Hunt. He is the number one at the Gallup Federal Credit Union, as well as the head honcho at uh, Guide Rock Capital Investments. Is that right, Andrew? Guide Rock Capital Management. Management. Darn it. That's right. Well, anyways, welcome to the podcast. Good to see you again. Good to be here, Jim. Hey, so um, we're on number three. We've made it through three podcasts, had some good stuff. Hopefully, folks, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard the first two, go back to um, TheAverageGuy.tv. We have two other podcasts available for you. We talked about credit reports, talked a little bit about credit unions on the very first one, and uh, some good material out there. They're just 30 minutes in length, and you can get through them in uh, maybe just one leg of your commute. If you, uh, if you put those in the car and listen to them on the way in. And uh, if you want to contact the show, have ideas, uh, things you'd like us to talk about, uh, you can contact us here at the show, podcast at theaverageguy.tv. Andrew, you've been um, blogging over on your site. That's gallopfcu.blogspot.com. That's the one. And uh, what's the latest post that you have out there? Uh, the latest post out there, let's see here, that was on Monday from, uh, it, was a, it was actually a, a guest post from Ronnie Miller talking, oh, really? yeah, talking a little bit about credit cards and, and crazy interest rates. Yeah, so that, that crazy Ronnie Miller, we ought to get him on the show. Absolutely. Let him, let him talk some point. So, yeah, some good stuff. So head out to um, gallopfcu.blogspot.com, and that is where Andrew is blogging. And, uh, Andrew, appreciate you doing all that work that you do for us here at the Credit Union. Hey, so uh, we're in uh, Financial Peace University. That's Dave Ramsey's um, gig. It's, it's his what he does. Um, it's a class that we're offering here at, at Gallup. Folks can sign up for that and come in. And Financial Peace is kind of all about getting your finances in order and, and kind of prioritizing what you do from a financial standpoint. The whole idea is to get... Uh, a lot of people worry about their budget, and, and a lot of people worry about money mm-hmm. uh, um, quite frequently. And so Financial Peace uh, University is an opportunity to come and get some some things straightened up. So um, we're in that at this point. Um, you know, Andrew, one of the things uh, we're up to week four this week, but last week we talked, uh, or Dave talked a lot about in the videos, he talked a lot about spending plans and zero-based budgeting. And, uh, and Ronnie told us that that's kind of the meat and the potatoes of, of that. What, what is, I mean, talk, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of about budgeting and, and how that works. And, and what does he mean um, when he says zero-based budgeting? Yeah, that's, that's a, <laughs> man, this is a loaded topic, Jim. I think probably, there's probably six people that just shut off the podcast right now when we said <laughs> the word budget. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why is that, do you think? I mean, what, what why do people struggle so much with, it, it, and I, hey, myself included, I mean, I, it, it, it's, why is it so hard to do a budget? Well, you know, Jim, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, bad negative history. It's kind of like, you know, when somebody gets bit by a dog, you know, I had a bad experience. <laughs> that's that's kind of how right. it goes. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, you're growing up and um, your mom yells at you, hey, we're on a budget, <laughs> you know? And so you start you start uh, thinking of budgets in terms of constraining and and uh, rules and it really gets some bad flavor and leaves, you know, some negative feelings towards, towards budgeting, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, Jim, you're a runner. I know you run quite a bit. Yeah, probably too much, actually. But yes, I do run. And you guys actually even have the, the fitness tech blog, of course. We do. Yeah, right, we do right. have a blog around. Fitness and technology is what we talk about. Okay. Well, there's there's some really awesome correlations between fitness and finance. And you know, one of these days, Ronnie and I are going to sit down and 
maybe pound out a little, uh, you know, white paper or something on, on all of the correlation. But I think that the closest one and the most important one is, um, if you're, if you're training for a marathon, which you are right now, Jim, right? I am. And it, and it, it takes a ton of time to get ready for a marathon. Right. But so you're, you're putting in the time you're, you're doing your, yeah. your training schedule, 20 every hours day. a week and, and you know, 20, no, 20 miles or so a week. And then maybe, you know, another 15 to 20 on the weekend. Right. right for a long run. Yeah. Holy cow. That's a commitment. But just imagine if you didn't do that, let's say you said, you know what? I'm in decent shape. I'm just going to go show up to the Omaha marathon or the Lincoln marathon. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to pound it out. I mean, that's going to be, you might be able to do it. I mean, you're in pretty good shape, so I don't, you might be able to do it, but it's going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people, the average guy couldn't do it. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just not possible. We, we see that sometimes on 10 K races where right. people sign up for a 10 K and they didn't even train for that. And, and if they were an athlete in the past, they'll go out really fast. Right. They're usually puking by the second oh, or yeah. third mile. Right. You, right. you kind of see that at corporate cup, but yeah, it does require training and some discipline. You just typically you wouldn't go out to a marathon and not train for it. Right. And a marathon would be even worse than puking. You might need an IV. You're probably a couple of weeks of recovery. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be nice. You, you might even hurt yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, a budget or a spending plan is what training is to a marathon to money management. So you cannot be expect to be successful in managing your money without training. And that training is, is putting together a spending plan. And, um, you know, so could we replace the, let's just, let's practice. We won't say budget anymore. Right. In this podcast, we'll say spending, plan. spending plan. That's right. Spending plan is the, is my politically correct way. Of, yeah. Well, uh, it is. You're right. The budget term has gotten kind of a negative connotation and people don't completely understand it. It's just planning every dollar and where it goes and how it's spent. Right. A spending that's exactly plan. right. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, kind of where we're starting out is, so why do these things not work? And I think, you know, I think the biggest one and probably the one that's the least addressed, and we kind of talked about this in our first podcast, was just a lack of communication. Typically, the way a spending plan works out is somebody gets really fired up. Maybe it's uh, one spouse or a parent, um, and they decide, we're going to change the way we spend our money. And so they come down from the mountain, and uh, <laughs> they've got with them their, their tablet. The Ten Commandments <laughs> of the Budget. I bring you the Ten Commandments. That's right. So they come down and they start uh, delineating for everyone else what the Thou spending plan is going to be. shall not eat out without prior <laughs> ap- approval. Exactly. That's about, that's about how it goes. And so it was really one person's budget. And as we both know, um, in, in, the, in a typical household, there's more than one person that's affected by it. Yeah, it takes two to tango in most cases. Not, not all, right? <laughs> not but all, yeah. S- single individuals, right, oftentimes would come up maybe with a budget on their own. But sure. It, but even they need someone to help keep them accountable. accountable Absolutely. Right? Yeah, and so, and so nine times out of ten um, is somebody else's idea, and the, the budget just kind of um, gets pushed on them. And that, in, in all intensive terms, is a budget. It's not a spending plan uh, because there was nobody else involved with that. Um, so those ones pretty much fail all the time. And then when they fail, uh, what tends to happen is what, what we like to call in my house the blame game. Um, you know, it's never your fault. It's always somebody else's fault on why things didn't work. You know, so, uh, well, you were eating out or, or you were buying these things that we didn't need and it, it busted our budget and I give up. If you just went and buy so many shoes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's kind of ends up yeah. how it's going. And then all of a sudden there's all this, there's this guilt and there's, um, you know, there's anger about it. And that's where these negative connotations come because 
budgets have failed in the past, and they expect them to continue to fail. In the yeah, future. can I tell you a little story? Uh, when when we were first married, um, my wife and I, Sarah, um, we started a budget, and I started it, and she didn't like the way I ran it. Right, mm-hmm. so. I said, well, you're welcome to, you know, you're welcome to, because usually it's one person kind of needs to to do it, but you need the approval of the other one. Right? Absolutely. That's kind of the way this works. And so, um, so I, hey, you're welcome to have it. And she had it for about a month and just hated it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she came back to me nearly crying, saying, please take it back. <laughs> and so I've been the one to kind of carry it through with her, with her input. I think in the last year or maybe in the last three years, it fell too much on me, and I didn't keep her enough in the loop. Now, this is kind of we're back in financial peace right. uh, going through this. We have a fairly strong budgeting system, but we needed that reminder, that commu- that help with communication of it's not just me on every, you know Saturday mornings getting together and balancing the checkbook right. to the budget. It's something that we need to learn to communicate on, and it needs to be something that we do together. That's right. And it does take a little bit of discipline. And that's why there's such a strong correlation between fitness and finances is because, uh, you know, actually talking about it and getting together, uh, you know, once a week or once a month, that takes discipline. And you know what? It's not fun. It probably is going to hurt for the first couple of times. Yeah. In fact, we just did our spending plan, right, uh, this last Sunday. And why is it when you go to do the budget, oh, the spending plan, <laughs> that you you get tired? Right? Yeah, exactly. You, you, it, it could be 10 in the morning, it, you feel like you've been up all night. Right. I mean, isn't exactly. that crazy the way yeah. that works? But but people it, it happens to people, right? It's something you don't want to do. And so your body kind of starts shutting down. Mm-hmm. You you start all of a sudden you're like, Well, I've been waiting to get a root canal. I think I'll you know I think, <laughs> I think I'll <laughs> run over to the dentist right now. <laughs> right. So it, it does people do avoid it, but you, you do, you gotta kinda force yourself into it and, and get through the first couple sessions. That's exactly right. And really kind of the last reason why the most, well, it's not the last reason, but the last most notable reason why budgets fail is because people are just really unrealistic when they're sitting down for their budget. I had somebody just the other day come in and uh, we we're, were going over their budget and um, sat down to look at it. And uh, actually, actually, this wasn't me. This was Ronnie. Um, had uh, going over their budget and they went through the fast food dining out expense for a family of two, just a husband and wife. And they had uh, $25 a month in their dining out <laughs> expense line. And, uh, it's like I, one time. Yeah, I hate yeah. to break it to you, Jim, but that's pretty unrealistic. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> not going to work. It's like one time. Yeah. Really? really? Let's yeah. be real. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or if you eat here at the office or whatever. I mean, so really people go into these budgets with unrealistic expectations and they're setting themselves up for failure. So the question is then, is it possible to create a spending plan that works. Yeah, and I know other people have them, and, and we're striving towards one. So let's let's take a few minutes. Let's quickly kind of walk through. Uh, like, give me your advice if I'm going to start setting up this spending plan for the first time. Give me some feedback on how that works best for me. Right. Uh, th- I mean, and so the answer is yes. You can create a good spending plan, and I think first and foremost, the first thing you have to do is overcome that communication barrier. You got to say to your spouse or to, you know, your accountability partner, listen, we're going to do this and it's going to be our budget. We're going to do it together. And it's, uh, I want both of our inputs on it and it's going to be, um, our family spending plan. So that's step number one and probably the most important step, the one that everybody skips. And, and not in important to get through, get it right. Get, get it that right. communicated. Talk about it a couple times if that's what it takes. Right. And, and, to, and because if you've been the one that's come down from the mountain in the past, you got to convince them that this time you're going to the mountain together. So it's, uh, there's your uh, Moses analogy there for you the go. day. <laughs> so, I like it. So step number two 
is uh, to do what we call a zero balanced budget. And that means that you're going to spend every single dollar on paper at the beginning of the month before you actually spend it. And this is really important because sometimes this is where people go wrong. They want to do the more traditional budget where um, there's a little bit of fluid left over. There's some fluff, and that's just the everything else category. Right. And that can be dangerous because what that does, it's completely psychological, um, but essentially what it does is it gives yourself some fudge room, some, some room for, oh, but we can kind of slide in here because there was room on the budget, rather than saying, Every dollar is accounted for. Every dollar is allocated towards spending, saving, or sharing, and it's zeros out at the end of the budget. Yeah, you know, we struggled with that this week as we're setting up because I've always done an annual, uh, annual-based budget, right? right? So I've always done it and say, do the income times twelve and put all the expenses, and I got these spreadsheets. and And you're right, it, it does. You know, I do have some expenses that are annual, so we've built those kinds of things in into it. And so I'm used to the annual budget, but you've got that fudge room in it. And, and moving to the zero-based mm-hmm. um, budgeting was it was difficult for me because it was, you know, I'm like, I got a little antsy because I'm like, okay, what if some things come up in April that I didn't account for, right, in, in February? So it did leave me a little uneasy, but I do like the idea it's right. every dollar's accounted for. Right. Right. And you brought up a fantastic point there, Jim. What if something comes up mid through the month that you did at the beginning of the month that you just couldn't have known about? Um for example, a great one that kind of sometimes gets people is um, the kids have school pictures this month. Sure. Well, you know it's going to come up, but you probably forgot about it when you're doing your budget. And, you know, that's 60, 70 bucks in school pictures you have to buy now. And you didn't have it in the budget at the beginning of the month. It happens. So that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where you really have to be honest with your partner um, or your accountability partner or your spouse and get together and have what we call a budget committee meeting. Uh, sometimes that's weekly. Sometimes that's biweekly. Sometimes that's just monthly. And, and reallocate the budget according to what that uh, you know, uh, expense was that came up. And so you can say, okay, maybe we can take some money from clothes shopping today or from our savings today to cover that particular expense that we didn't know about. And I tell you what, there's probably going to be some little expense, maybe some big expense like that every single month. Uh, that's just how it goes. And so that's how you account for that zero balance budget when you have things that just come up. Um, the next step would probably be um, remember that it's your money. Uh, a lot of times uh, people get into this budgeting process and they start trying to really trim the fat and get crazy and say, oh, well, I'll never buy another pair of shoes ever again or, <laughs> or we just won't go out to eat anymore. Right. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, a spending plan isn't about, you know, cutting back on um, on the things that you love or, 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 you know, eliminating and reducing. And I mean, all those terrible words that, that come along immediately when you think of the word budget. Um, it's really about efficient use of your resources. It's basic economics. You know, there's you have finite income and an infinite uh, number of things you could spend it on. And really, the idea is to take your money and spend it on the things you want to spend it on rather than letting your money spend itself on things that you don't want to spend. Yeah, on. do you think it's important in the in the conversations that go on? So you can't just sit down and budget without having some kind of priority. That's right. So you almost, in, a, in, the, in the first step, in the communication step, almost important to sit down as a couple or even as a, as a single and say, what are my spending priorities? What, what do I... What do I really want to achieve in the next five years? Where do I want to be? Because that will set as you start spending. That will help you make the decisions, right, based on on where your dollars go. 
Yeah, and we would call that a basic values discussion, which comes back to that whole communication topic at the beginning. A lot of times people would assume that they know what their values are or, or that they know what their spouse's values are, but they might not really know, and you can't know unless you talk about it. Yeah, and that, that was that was key for us in a lot of ways. And I still don't think I'm getting that right, to be honest with you. I'm a computer guy. I would rather have a house full of computers than a nice-looking basement, right? <laughs> and, or a nice kitchen. Right. And, and, uh, and I haven't done that real well of really understanding my wife's needs uh, from from a like you know those ex- those expenditure standpoints right. and being better about allocating those right dollars to her so that, that she can take care of those things as well easy for me to spend my own money right uh, I, I really need to be listening to her more absolutely yeah I mean and, that, and that's a huge thing and so a lot of times what people tend to do is they might compare themselves to other people they might say well the Joneses spend uh, $600 a month on groceries, but we spend a thousand. There must be something wrong here. Well, not necessarily. Um, it might take a thousand dollars to feed your family of five a month. Uh, so be it. But just know that you can't spend more than you have. So you have to allocate those resources towards the things that you care about. Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, we have five and so it is expensive, right? Uh, yeah. We, you know, we go through four or $500 every two weeks, uh, just, you know, at, at that big box store that I won't name that everybody doesn't <laughs> want to shop at, but, it's um, yeah, it can be. So we have to be realistic. We have to say, you know, it's going to cost us quite a bit each month to make sure we keep food on the table. As we get older, that and and the kids start to move on, that expense will begin to drop, and then we can begin to reallocate those funds elsewhere. Exactly. I mean, and that's a great way to think about it. Um, you know, it's kind of back to that point of. You, know, you can't spend more than you make. Let's face it here. A lot of times uh, people are financing their lives on credit cards. So they'll spend their income and then, oh, the little bit left over um, would go on a credit card. And that's really what we're trying to help you get away from. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you might be spending uh, $40 on a dinner out at Chili's and then financing it for the next five years. That's not really what you want to be doing. Um, remember, we're not the federal government here. We can't run a deficit. What? <laughs> I know. Can't just print money in the basement. It's shocking. It's shocking, but uh, that, that tends to uh, tends to lead to bad habits. Um, so sometimes people are really kind of interested in what are some really good. Uh, metrics so I can gauge if my budget is, uh, if, you know, if my family is on track for um, a healthy spending. And it, it's you're going to roll through these. I'm going to post these on okay. the site as well. So, folks, you know, if you're driving, uh, don't, you know, don't hit anybody <laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to write to these down. down. They'll be available at theaverageguy.tv as well as at your blog. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, and so here's here's some some key metrics to kind of be able to gauge how your budget stacks up um, to a healthy budget. Um, the first one would be, uh, and these are in percentage of income. So spending in percentage of income. Charitable giving, we suggest 10 to 15% of income spent in that category. Savings would be 5 to 10% of income spent in that category. Housing would be 25 to 35% of income. Utilities would be 5 to 10%. Food, 5 to 15%. Transportation, 10 to 15%. Clothing, two to seven percent. Medical, five to ten percent. Personal, five to ten percent. Recreational, five to ten percent. And debts, five to ten percent. And so, what you can do is once you get your budget together, and then you know you have your budget, and then you have your actual spending, you can drill down and say, okay, how much were my personal or my recreational spending, um, and compared to my income. And I would use gross income for this, so income before taxes. And I would say, 
Okay, so right now this month I'm spending, you know, uh, maybe 7% of my gross income on recreation. So gym membership and, and some other fun things that I like to do. Um, how does that stack up? Well, we suggest 5 to 10%. You're right in the middle at 7%. You're pretty run-of-the-mill. Now, I do want to caution you guys that being average is not necessarily a good thing. So just because you fall into some of these categories or, you know, are just barely into the the recommended percentage range doesn't necessarily mean you're in good financial shape. It's definitely a case-by-case basis, and there's a, there's a whole dose of individualism that has to go along to it um, because, uh, you know, gosh, if you've got 20% of your gross income going towards debt service, your financial picture is going to look a lot different than somebody that only has 2%. Right. And that can be a big difference in, in if the income is smaller. Absolutely. Those percentages can make a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. But those are, and those are just guidelines. So take it with a grain of salt. And they don't add up to a hundred, by the way. Right. So if, <laughs> that's if, if, right. If the, for the nerds in us are like, Hey, wait a minute. That does, yeah. Well, that's on purpose because you need to figure that out in your budget. It needs to equal a hundred. That's right. Um, but, but those are just some guidelines, some more or less um, in each category to help you figure out where you need to be. Exactly. And I mean, and that's, and that's at the end of the day, like I was trying to say, it's your money. So you can feel free to allocate it the way you want. Remember, it's self-report. This isn't a test. Uh, It is what you want it to be. And I think that's the most important thing to remember. Uh, I'm going to say it again. A spending plan is all about helping you allocate your resources on the things you want to spend them on. Now, I've heard some folks say it's, it's a smart thing to do just to sit down for the first month or two and just track it. Learn how to track. Some people don't even have any idea where it's going. Absolutely. Uh, is that is that good advice um, to, to just track it first before I start trying to figure out percentages and you know get fancy with it? Well, I tell you what, you don't have to wait. And today in technology, you can jump onto your online banking and look at last month right away and check out what you did last month and the month before that sure. if you wanted to. You don't have to sure. wait for a month to track it. And if I was, I would say, if you're going to take the time, why not jot down a quick budget based on last month's spending? Um, and I tell you what, guys, the first three months are going to be brutal. It's going to be really tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm hunkering down for that right now. <laughs> it's just like the first three months of training for any type of exercise or any type of, like if you're going to do a half marathon or a marathon, the first the first few runs are painful and you got to fight through the pain. And this, you know, as Dave Ramsey would say, uh, we don't sell microwaves. We sell crock pots. This is <laughs> this is the uh, this is the slimmer the the simmer to uh, to success. I mean, it's going to take a while. And those first three months, you're you're really learning a lot about yourself, your spending habits, and where you want your spending to go. And so you really just gotta gotta hunker down, like Jim said, and go for it. Um, the, big, the the most people that drop out drop out in month two, uh, just because they're tired and yeah, it gets and tough, like doesn't it. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing I like to always tell people is, hey, it's not over until you quit. So I mean, if if you need a little motivation like that, um, your spending plan's not over until you decide it is. Yeah, there's a saying in fitness, you know, uh, pain is temporary, quitting is forever. Right? That's right. And so uh, same kind of deal on this. Uh, you know, like you said, it's not over till you quit. Push through that real hard on that second month and, and get to the third. Try not to take it personally. That's just, right. Just keep going, right? That's right. So, so why is this such a big deal, Andrew? I mean, really, at the end of the day, what's the big deal in this? We, we've talked about, you know, the whole show, we've talked about this. What's the big deal? Right. And, and the big deal is that you're, you're getting control of your money. Um, you know, Jim, I work with a lot of high net worth people um, at Guide Rock Capital Management, and this is something that's not just for broke people. 
Uh, this is something for not for people who are you know not just trying to get out of debt. Uh, this is something I work with with people with tens of millions of dollars in assets. Uh, we do spending plans. We do um, cash flow analysis. It might be a little bit more sophisticated just because of where the income's coming from. But uh, I mean, it's even important at that level. So one thing I like to do to, for myself is I like to dress for success and I like to act the way I want to be. And so I, I pick somebody and I say, man, I want to be like that. And so I try and emulate them. And if you work the same way, I would suggest doing the same thing. Think about these high net worth individuals that Andrew's working with and then emulate them. They're doing spending plans. They're tracking their income. They're tracking their expenses. And ultimately, they are controlling where their money is going. They're not just letting their money happen to them. They're affecting their money and they have control over their future. What about, um, so what about saving for retirement in this, right? I mean, that's a, you know, I'm still 30 years away really from retirement. Why, why should I start with a budget and planning now? Can I just catch up when, you know, when I get there? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, a lot of people have that mindset on really what it comes down to is if, uh, if you haven't started saving for retirement, you're a little late. <laughs> and, and really the point is, is, hey, let's retire with dignity. Uh, you don't want to be that guy sitting in your kid's basement eating cat food, waiting for the next $1,000 Social Security check uh, just to skimp by. Uh, you want to retire with dignity where you can support yourself and maybe do a few fun things with the grandkids. Yeah, and, and, and really be able to live that out exactly. in, in the way that you desire. Andrew, we do Financial Peace University here at Gallup. We do that twice a year now, right? So That's if right. You're, if you're a Gallup employee and you're listening to this, uh, certainly that is an opportunity, an option open for you. $99. That's right. Gets you in the door. It's money well spent, uh, trust me. And if you're, you know, if you're in a little bit of financial... Um, uh, if things are tight for you and you say, boy, $99 is tough, it's, it's worth every penny spent. To, you know, sometimes you got to spend a little to make a little. And, and uh, being in this program now for the last four weeks, it's one of those things I see, you kind of go, hmm, that's a good, yeah, that's, that's money well spent. So yeah. it's probably money you're going to blow on something else anyway. So um, it's worth it. If I'm not a part of Gallup and I want to take advantage of, of some of this Dave Ramsey material, what's the best way to kind of get hooked into that, into that environment? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, DaveRamsey.com. Uh, we're doing some some promotion for Dave. He'd be proud. DaveRamsey.com. Go out there and there. And if you want to get involved in a workshop, a Financial Peace University workshop, they have a locator on their website. And there are probably uh, tens, if not hundreds, of locations within driving distance to you. They're all over the place, uh, usually at community centers and local churches or the people that put it on. Sometimes employers and other things like what we're doing uh, put it on. But you can find a resource out there for you. Dave's got an unbelievable podcast that you can download. And he's got a, and a radio show, right? A that's right. Radio show, or daily radio daily show. Daily radio right? show. Yeah. And they're pretty good at Twittering, too. So yeah. go good, check them out. Good stuff. We'll, we'll include those resources in the show notes as well. Well, thanks again for listening to the Financial Tech Podcast. We do this, oh, about every two or three weeks, I think, is the kind of the schedule we're on. We'd appreciate any comments that you might have. You can leave them right there um, at theaverageguide.tv um, for the blog post for that. You can head over to Andrew's um, blog site at gallup.fcu.blogspot.com. Andrew, we really got to work on getting you a shorter URL. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I are going to work on that. <laughs> And, uh, and if you, again, if you have any comments, you can send an email to me, podcast at theaverageguy.tv. And uh, questions, comments, uh, topics for the show, we're always looking for good things to talk about. And, Andrew, appreciate you coming out today and talking about this. Thanks, Jim. That'll wrap it up for the Financial Tech Podcast. We'll see you next time.